happy Tulva Tuesday without the Tulva, and this will be released on a Wednesday. So I'm just lying all over the place. Well, but, happy without Tulva Wednesday then. I guess. I still have this bingo thing though, and Bryce is never mad. So because Tulva's not here, we got to change it up a little bit. So if three balls over 50, Bryce has to be mean the entire time. Here we go. Oh, God. Here we go. All right, we got 27. Good Ooh. start. Number number two is 532. So we got to get 18 or higher. Bryce, how are you feeling? Nervous. 45. There we go. Oh. We get a nice mad Martino. Oh, man. All right. So this is a good start to Martino Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I like coming up with very basic ideas for the program. And I like incorporating things that people would call, quote, cringe. So we're going to go trick-or-treating today. Because uh, it's Halloween week. So, Yeston, what that is in America is we just dress up in costumes and we go to people's houses and we ask for candy. Well, not really me anymore because I'm a little old for that. Mm. But, you know, the children. Oh, wait, hang on. Are these, are these, are these costumes designed to, to intimidate? It's really anything. Scary? Really? Okay, cool. Because if they're scary, then I think that constitutes a robbery. You know, you're intimidating them. You're taking stuff from their house. That the British doesn't know what days. robberies are, so that's true. Uh, actually, we don't we don't really have guns. So when you when you rob someone, you hold them up with a knife, and you're like, "I'll I'll get you, I'll get you good." And they're like, "Oh no, you're gonna get me!" And then you stab them. So the concept <laughs> is basically they show up to the door, they say "trick or treat," and then mm-hmm. adults that they don't know give them candy. But I guess in your countries, it would be like. Tim Hortons or like LeBlat Blue. Oh, okay, or, these are both Canadian things, and you just hit me with like. Or I'm, or I'm, or it would be like a toast sandwich and some tea. The toast sandwich is not a thing. <laughs> we don't make toast sandwiches, but we do have food the Hang entire on. time. We, but okay, you need to let me tell a story now, though. Unfortunately, because so we have trick or treating, but I was never allowed to go as a kid because my neighborhood was pretty dangerous, and I wasn't dangerous enough for that neighborhood. So um, I, I got to go one year, finally, on my last year before I uh, left the UK, never to return. And um, we go around houses and um, there's this one house that's giving out caramel apples and it's incredible. You know, everyone in the neighborhood is talking about it. So we go over and, you know, we get these caramel apples, but there's a trick in this treat. And one of the caramel apples is a caramel onion. And um, I got the caramel onion and the only time I ever got to go trick or treating. And um, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a bastard. So I sat on the lady's front doorstep as she watched in horror as I consumed the entire goddamn thing. Oh man. I was vengeful, okay? This was my night and I was taken from me. <laughs> and um, so I got I got a proper caramel apple afterwards because she felt bad, but I gotta say, guys, I couldn't stomach it after all that. <laughs> That onion they just ate. <laughs> that raw Why didn't onion. you just throw it away? I was I was the kind of mad where you just have to make someone pay. And what well, like two bites would have made her pay. You didn't have to hear yeah. the whole damn thing. I was okay. Admittedly, you're probably correct. No, but... not admittedly, I just objectively am correct. <laughs> 
but sometimes you just gotta it's gotta you gotta hurt on the on the out on the outside a little bit so you can win on the inside and you um, definitely lost on the inside my friend okay you might be right i'll concede oh look who's here <laughs> ah the one and only hi right, guys never mind it's not martino wednesday anymore it's tova tuesday once again i am back Hey, well, Andrew, I guess way. we have to inform the pressure's too, off me. It's too late for the bingo balls, but Bryce still has to be mean. You can just be yourself. Oh, come on. Somehow you lucked out of it again. <laughs> oh, right. you, also, you also missed a story about me eating an entire raw onion that was covered uh, in caramel. Maybe that's so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tale. All right, let's get right into it. Yeah. Uh, Yeston, New Orleans Saints, they a trick or they a treat? Okay, um, I would say that they are a treat. I'm I'm actually quite quite fond of this. Um, you know that defense is legitimate. Um, I mean, barring a big DK Metcalf explosion on Monday Night Football, they were spectacular. They were they were everything you could have possibly wanted a defense to be. Um, the fact that the offense couldn't keep up was kind of shocking to me. But as the weather, you know, as the weather, as the weather cleared up a little bit, they clearly got their game going more. And um, those receivers just—they didn't have hands. Apparently, they left them in the locker room. Alvin um, Kamara had a great oh, game, though. Well, yes. See, Alvin Kamara is apparently just a different kind of wide receiver. You know, we all know that Lamar Jackson's a running back. Jokes. Alvin Kamara is now actually a, a slot receiver. So it's. Uh, I think that. I think that anyone not named Kamara needs a fresh pair of hands, and I'm excited to see what they can do when Michael Thomas gets back. I say they are they are indeed a treat. They'll still need a receiver once uh, Thomas comes back, though. I agree. That receiving group is yeah, they need, brutal. They need depth badly, but mm-hmm. yeah. getting Thomas back and having everybody else demoted a rank is going to be a significant upgrade. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Thomas opens opportunities for other people, but I think this was just a sign that there is literally no other receiver who can create separation. So Still need Brandon Cooks, though. Well, the Texans are keeping him, apparently, for uh, the Houston seems, Chronicle. That seems unwise. Oh, well. Yeah, that's, they tend to make unwise decisions, we're, we're aware. All right, Meanie Martino. Las Vegas Raiders, they a trick or they a treat? I got to go trick. They haven't really played a lot of good games this or a lot of good teams this year, and they've lost to pretty much everybody besides the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I think their offense could be a little bit better outside of maybe Derek Carr and uh, Darren Waller. I haven't seen enough consistency from – uh, the wide receiver group, especially Henry Ruggs, yet. Mm. That's fair. I mean, uh, I think that I think <clears> that, uh, that that loss to the, Bay, the to the Bears was pretty telling. It's immediately they're doing quite well on the season as a whole, but if you lose to the Bears, you win to the against the Dolphins in a <clears> thrilling <throat> overtime matchup. I mean, there's hardly a lot to be confident in. I think they're well schemed, but. They're farming too, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they're doing what you expect them to do, which is beating up on the bad teams. Mm-hmm. But they aren't closing against the good teams just yet. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's pretty accurate. I'm, uh, I think they're closer to a treat than most people think. I mean, that defense is really well skewed, and I love, I love watching them play, but I don't have a ton of faith in that streaky offense. 
yeah no i wouldn't say the retreat just yet and if they are then they're the most like disguised just like it's your head coach leaves and you know you're still winning games and you look quote unquote good so uh no i don't want to buy this team but like it would be a, a pretty uh come from behind treat they're about as disguised as yeston's caramel uh onions i maintain that eating it was the only option <laughs> it was the only thing i could do i had to get my revenge and apparently causing massive pain on myself is the only way to do that oh i sorry that really <laughs> made me zone out uh Tomba, before <laughs> i ask you you like live in the kind of neighborhood that gives out king size bars at every house you know i haven't trick-or-treated in a couple years i used to be in the king size neighborhoods or i would go to the king size neighborhoods because you can live in a neighborhood where people can afford king size bars but then it's like the grinch came early and they give you like raisins mm. so um to answer your question i think it's great for the kids who live here us personally, we are fun-sized Snickers people, but uh, yeah. I mean, at least it's a Snickers, though. I mean, yeah. it's a pretty solid fun-sized body. At least we're not giving out, like, Whoppers. Well, you don't want a rotisserie chicken? Whoppers are disgusting. <laughs> uh, you, you said wait. Whoppers, and then... <laughs> Uh, no, go because mine's mine's way off the rails. <laughs> I was rotisserie gonna... chicken, yeah, I like rotisserie chicken, but I hate whoppers. I, like a McDonald's whopper, right? No, that, that's Burger King. That's what I'm getting. Oh my god, yeah, no. a Burger King whopper. Then. Never mind. It's like uh, silly Englishman. It's it's a, a whopper like, is like it's like chocolate coated and like concrete. I, I don't, yeah, I don't or, know. Or like cardboard. How the inside. It's but, like bad Not i mean good. they're all right no i i'm i'm so lost i have to google what this whopper is now you, yeah look up the whopper only thing candy. that came up is is a burger king whopper well yeah sorry. look up like whoppers candy then it'll it'll all go they're gross bro oh um, so like they're like knockoff maltesers yeah that's, that's yeah but like maltese isn't good either okay hang on i'm morally oh, opposed geez. to that sentiment I think we're getting off the rails here, but I ha I can't leave the Maltesers un undefended. I mean, come on, they're, they're spectacular. No, they're not. We they are really like... cutting into the time where Bryce is going to be mean here. <laughs> no, it, that's like that's like when you go to uh, the United Kingdom, uh, birthplace of Yeston, and all you see is those Maltesers and like uh, Tato's, the uh, chip brand. I cannot believe you're dissing Tato's. You, you, you sound like the kind of person who's never had a ribbon saucy knickknack. All right. I'm just going to say, I feel like every analyst is saying the word squirt a lot more this season. <laughs> Tell me I'm not the only one that noticed that. Um, it's, it's, too, it's too much. In what context? They're just yeah. like every game, Chris Collinsworth somehow says like, Oh, the running yeah, back squirted through the offensive line. Like, oh, I know he oh, said yeah, it yeah, about yeah. Uh, who played on Sunday night. Uh, uh, the Niners. The Colts. Uh, yeah, he Colts. said about Carson Wentz squirting right up through the middle. Okay, but let's be real. Out of any, out of any NFL quarterback, Wentz is probably the squirtiest of them all. 
Kyler Murray is literally <laughs> that just sounds nine. terrible. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I um, I but, but it's not I'm, just me, right? Like it's no, you're right. Word. They've said it too much. But there's okay. also been a lot of wet weather, and I think that leans into the squad. It's never argument. in reference to liquid. It's always about like a running play. Okay, that's that's reasonable. I feel like I feel like if it, if they were saying it about the weather, then I would be understanding, but still disapproving. But I just can't. You can't justify using that word. Not My now. brain is working on a Carl Massive joke right now, but nothing's working. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Let's just, I'm going to give you the entire AFC South. Are they a trick or are they a treat? They got two teams that are all on the of way them up. Are, well, Indianapolis is going to lurk, I feel like. No, Indianapolis is a trick, but they're a well coached trick. Um, I'm not sure they're all the way there yet. The Texans are a trick. I think the Jags are a trick, obviously. The hardest one to say, maybe one of the hardest teams in the league to say is the Tennessee Titans right now. Um, but I think that they are a treat. And I've seen this in good teams time and time again. Like you lose games that you should win at the beginning of the season. Um, there was like a four-year span where a good Saints football team started every season 0-2. And uh, Two like two of those four seasons, we went into week five at like one and three or something. So I, bad starts that happens sometimes. Um, and I think they're a treat, but they're not the sweetest treat. So they can upset a great team on a good day, um, but they're just not going to compete with high level competition week in and week out. Um, I just think there's stuff that's not sustainable and they have holes. Uh, they're secondary. Caleb Farley's injured. Jack Rabbit Jenkins looks just not look, looking like a starter right now. Um, they have a good front seven. They're playing well. Um, and then they're, they're passing offense. I think it's really feeding off of Derrick Henry, but then you meet a team um, like the Saints or – a team like the Buccaneers where you can't run the ball as effectively and then your offense stalls. So um, they're a treat, but, but there are better treats out there. I respect that. I think that um, I, I admittedly Derek Henry is one of the greatest running backs of this era. I mean, like you can't really deny that anymore after the couple of years he's just, he's just had and the one he's having now, but um, yeah, there's a lot of reason to doubt the Titans, but they are much more effective when they get to do what they want to do. You take them out of their game plan, you force them to, to adjust, and they, they, they begin to play quite poorly. But if, you can, if they can force doing what they want to do on you, then there's really, they're very, very hard to beat. It's a physical team about imposing their will, and yeah. that's good and all until you meet a team that counters your whole imposing your will thing, and then you yeah. just, your plan B is crap. So Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, a defensive line who can either, A, get after the quarterback on those passing downs, catch you at the line of scrimmage, and on big plays, like, you know, sell sell the holds, sell the, the – you know, I mean, every offensive line has yeah. big holds, but if you find the right group of guys who can really make it obvious um, or, you know, or who can who can play through it, and if you can find a defensive line that does both, that's the kryptonite for the Titans. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 you don't need to beat them in all phases of the game. You just need to pass it over their secondary, and you just need to be able to force them out of running with Derrick Henry every play like they want to. 
I mean, it's possible. We've seen it before. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's concerning how they're going to continue to do that when they make the playoffs, because they will right. be making the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. But you know, when they get there, there's no easy, there's no easy competition anymore. They're too one-dimensional for to beat up uh, good teams in the playoffs. We saw it with Buffalo last year. They mm-hmm. couldn't hang with the Chiefs because they didn't have a run game. Chiefs don't have a passing game. You get a good team in the playoffs who uh, can stop the run, and I don't think they go very far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, know, I know I am um, selling or labeling <clears throat> the Colts a trick. Does anyone here – like them this season like i love them coming to this season i think they're well coached and everything i just mm-hmm. think it's not clicking for them i had no, it's I, not. yeah i had i really did believe in them um there's most of this off season but when camp began and everyone started to get hurt um it was concerning because they're not the kind of the injuries they were sustaining weren't the kind of injuries that you know it's not like oh yeah he pulled his hamstring he's gonna sit three weeks in camp and then he's gonna be okay they were serious injuries that you need an off season to rehab from and the high likelihood of re-injury and it's, or it's at important positions. I mean, you know, you can see they've got, you know, every one, every star player on that roster has the capability to take a game over and they're, they are incredibly well coached, but they're just, you can't imagine the offense keeps running when every five seconds, someone goes down, you know, every day. And when they are healthy, they're not consistent. I really loved the you know them going out and getting Wentz, but I just don't have the faith that he's going to be the catalyst for this team. I like uh, yeah. the Colts' potential, but I need to see more. Uh, I need to see them grab more weapons in the offseason because mm. I don't think their receivers are all the way there yet. I do like Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hogan can stay healthy, mm-hmm. but after them, there's nobody for Wentz to rely on. This is the problem with this Colts team, though, and it's like they're never going to give us what they want. They're a homegrown team. They don't – they rarely go after outsiders um, for, to play big They don't big spend big money positions. in they don't, they don't spend big money, and they rarely go out and get so, a major role player from a different team. They like to, you know, raise them up themselves. I mean, DeForest Buckner was an anomaly, but um, they drafted – And it hasn't every, really worked out. Right, right. And they've drafted um, four of their five players on their offensive line. Um, Eric Fisher's the only one that they didn't draft. And they drafted Quiddy Pay, and they drafted Kamoko Ture and Dea Odeyengbo, all of their three um, edge rushers, because they aren't willing to pay a guy like Trey Hendrickson or Carl Lawson in free agency. Um, so they're just going to spend a crap ton of draft resources on it and kind of take the bills approach, like spend as much as you can on, on, you know, this problem and hope it sorts itself out. I think it's a little bit more methodical on the bills end. Um, but the it's reason worked out it for works, Buffalo, but not Indy. Right. Um, but the reason it works is because the Colts are so good at drafting. They've yeah. been historically good in the past couple of years at drafting and, you know, like it's too early to tell on, on most of their picks, but um, they're, a, they're a hit or miss team. Like they see some traits that they love and they get a guy like Quentin Nelson, you know, they spend a top five pick on a guard or, um, you know, they set, spend a second on the cornerback from Temple, Rocky Sin, and it's just the biggest flop ever. And they wasted a second on a position of need. Mm. So um, 
I just think they're missing too much. They're young and they're not working well for, for what they want to do. So you think a couple big free agent signings could have changed this team then? Yes. A Trey Hendrickson, like if they paid yeah. Carl Lawson or Trey Hendrickson, I think them a, an established pass rusher on a line with the Forrest Buckner and Grover Stewart, who's a big pocket pusher. And then you can draft a guy like Quiddy Pay, and, and then you're set. Like, mm. they could have gone about this in a more uh, sure way, but they wanted to keep their money, and they wanted to, you know, grow their talent from home, which it works out usually for them, but it takes time. And they're ready to compete. They have a roster that's ready to compete. They have coaches that are ready to compete, but, like, these players just aren't developing at the rate they need. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they'd, uh, if they'd brought in someone with a little more experience, a couple of veterans, that they might right. have been able to patch that mm-hmm. hole on a team that's already ready to contend because they were they were ready to contend before Andrew Luck retired. And they've maintained that over the past number of couple of years here. But it's... They couldn't solidify the quarterback position until it's, now. It's after too many retired. band-aids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, they have to... They are willing... If they're going to go get someone from a different team, they're going to cough up a ton of stuff. Uh, it will be a first rounder for Carson Wentz. They gave up a first, maybe two for, it was maybe two for DeForest Buckner. And you think of everyone else that's like a big role player on that team. Their number one wide receiver, Michael Pittman, was a second round pick by the Colts. T.Y. Hilton picked by the Colts. They have this new uh, tight end who's their like pass catcher, Kylan Granson, I think, from SMU. They drafted him in the third round this year. Almost all their offensive line drafted. Defensive line drafted. Darius Leonard. Um, you look at um, the uh, Okiriki, Bobby Okiriki from Stanford. They drafted him. Um, Xavier Rhodes is like the only starter in their secondary that, that I can think of that they went out and got in free agency. And they took a one-year flyer on him. Like, they don't pay big money to free agents. They just don't. And um, I think they've, they've had they, – they, I mean, as a franchise, they generally bring in a lot of UDFAs as well. A ton, yes. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and they, they – uh, they, I think they – I think it's something like 23 years in a row they've had UDF, fresh new UDFAs make the roster. Mm-hmm. Because they, they do a and... damn good job of making them fit. And they're so cheap. And if they can be effective and they're homegrown talent, and they have um, a lot of um, faith in the franchise because they made it onto an NFL team as a UDFA. Um, then, yeah, I absolutely understand them. Uh, you know why they would believe in their their ability to do that. But it's Colts, tough. Saints, and Patriot. Uh, the Colts, the Saints, and the Patriots have the highest number of UDFAs in like the last thirty years, and it's like consistent. So, I mean, if, you know, if it's working for you, I guess, but yeah. Indicative of a good front, a front office, you know, they do have a good front office though. Like they're a well-coached, good, they're disciplined team. They're just, you know, they're not playing up to what we thought. So this one, I don't know, might turn some heads, but maybe not Kansas city chiefs. I, this, this, this is, this is incredibly difficult um, because I'm not, I'm not prone to overreaction. I generally don't do that. If, you know, my team makes a bad play, I'm like, okay, cool. Why did we do that? If, uh, you know, if a team, you know, loses a couple of games unexpectedly, then I, it's, it's a trend and something to respond to. But the Kansas City Chiefs have been straight up bad twice. And they've been good or okay a couple of times this year. 
there's only been, I think, maybe one, one or two games where they've actually been, where they've actually looked like a quality NFL team who's here to compete. And that's shocking to me because we don't really know why. I think that, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, re- speculation, but I mean, this, uh, I, I look into their offensive line rebuild a little bit. It's not been massively ineffective. It's been, it's been, it has, it's not been great. But, you know, I think they clearly overreacted to the Super Bowl loss by just dismantling the entire offensive line right away. And um, uh, uh, putting some of their focus on the secondary, which is getting destroyed by yeah, it's, 90% of the teams they play. Yeah, it's become a massive liability. You know, I mean, they clearly just said, well, we the have Eagles one were tearing them up. Yeah, like it's, that's embarrassing. Doesn't matter if you win the game. That's embarrassing. That possible. Washington's is like the only good. team who didn't uh, tear up that defense. Yeah, but even then they were still making some plays on them, and yeah. uh, you know they're still it's still just missed tackles and inconsistency in coverage, and leaving holes in the defense that you shouldn't leave as any professional team. But, Their star um, defensive uh, linemen aren't even uh, trying anymore. Chris Jones gave up on a bunch of plays last week. Yeah, and it's it's sort of sort of a. He's also they, playing defensive end, mm-hmm. which I uh, never understood either. No, he shouldn't be. I mean, they've got they they should have guys there. They, they do have guys there. It's 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 absurd that they haven't been able to put this team right back on its feet after what was a pretty average off season. They shouldn't have dropped the way they have, and yet right now their passing game is no longer effective enough to, to, to you know it's it's still good but it's no longer effective enough to counterbalance every issue on the roster the chiefs and they don't can't have win run game to help exactly and they can't win every single game in a shootout you know if you consistently put up 40 points but you consistently concede 43 45 that's an issue i'm you know i'm, I'm so, exaggerating slightly but it's they, they, they do not nearly have themselves put together Last week, I would say exactly what Yeston said, which is I'm not prone to overreactions. You know, like any yeah. given Sunday, any team can lose. Any two Sundays in a row, any team can lose. Yeah. Um, but this, well, when it starts this building week, up and it gets ugly, though. After they won 30-something to 10 against the Washington football team, I'm ready to say that they are a trick. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, football is a team sport. And um, – I don't care how good Patrick Mahomes is. He's great. Like he's the best quarterback in the league, you know, but um, the offense is a team and there's a defense on the other side of the ball that has to do their job. Um, I think there are a few good players on that offensive line. I think Creed Humphrey, their rookie center from Oklahoma is playing well. Trey Smith, their rookie, rookie, like fifth round guard from Tennessee is playing well. Um, but and Joe Thune. So their interior is playing pretty well, but their tackles are letting Patrick Mahomes get hit. He has the most turnovers in the league right now. Um, the Chiefs have a team have the most turnovers. And when you just can't let Patrick Mahomes get 20 seconds to be magical, he gets sacked or throws a pick because he's used to being magical and chucking it up in Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey or uh, Michael Hardman are, are there to catch it. They don't have a run game. So their offense is stalling, and then their defense, like, there's two players I, I could say maybe have, have been, like, good football players for them and have played really good defense, and that's Tyron Matthew 
and uh, their rookie linebacker, Nick Bolton. Mm-hmm. Bolton's been great. Who, he has like 53 tackles, nine tackles for loss, leads the league, leads rookies in tackles, tackles for loss. Um, he's DeMario Davis-esque in, in that he's aggressive and he can rush the passer. Also, um, plugging DeMario Davis here, what, what a game he had Monday night. I mean, oh, yeah. that was incredible. Ten tackles, four tackles for loss, two sacks, a pass defended, almost a pick. Yeah, that was, um, frankly, it should have been a pick. He had it right there. Yeah, uh, So, uh, but that is what Nick Bolton reminds me of. It's just mm-hmm. this aggressive defender who can be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, he is what they've been looking for at linebacker, but then their defensive line fell apart and their secondary fell apart. And, like, mm-hmm. it's him and the Honey Badger trying to play defense, uh, like, two on 11. And mm-hmm. it's just – this is a messy team. They don't even look well coached right now. Like the tape says that they have a first or second year head coach right now. Like yeah, Andy clock management is bad, mm-hmm. awful right now. Um, and I'm not saying they aren't used to being in these situations like they are the last few weeks. Yeah, they used to be. They used to just running out the clock late. Like they they they, they being up thirty points. Their mm-hmm. defense has been left out to pasture. Mm-hmm. They've been they've been left for dead. Their, their offensive line has been replaced and is lesser. Mm-hmm. The, the coaching is falling apart a little bit. And um, I do think some of it is that the, that teams are starting to figure them out just a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that that's the whole reason, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely part of it. They've got enough on tape of them doing beating every team the exact same way to mean that everyone's trying to figure out how to stop it. And so maybe they've succeeded, but um, I think that there is also a serious problem with this Chiefs offense right now. That's not just the offensive line because the Titans secondary is terrible. How does Patrick Mahomes, even with a limited offensive line performance, only manage to put up three points on them? Tyree Kill couldn't get going. Neither could Travis Kelsey. And so, if you if, if all if you don't if you can't hit your deep threat one game, and your tight ends double covered. Are you telling me that a quarterback who's as good as Patrick Mahomes is supposed to be is still is just in, suddenly incapable of moving the ball with any degree with any degree of success? I mean, the, you know, he sort of said, well, here are my two guys, the two people, the only two guys in this offense I trust right now for some reason, despite having plenty of successful pieces around him. I mean, like Miko Hardman, Hardman isn't uh, your great number three receiver like – he was expected to be uh, when he was drafted. No. You have Josh Gordon, who's coming off the suspension and is still getting used to the offense. Mm-hmm. Then you have Demarcus Robinson. That's not a great set of receivers after Tyreek Hill. I <laughs> wonder if they make a big trade at the deadline for someone like um, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, like someone in a loaded receiver room. Um, and they just say, like, screw it. And they, they dish out a ton of draft capital mm-hmm. um, for, for, you know, if they think that that could elevate. I think a guy like Chris Godwin, uh, definitely an Amari Cooper. Um, yeah, but yeah. I think a guy like Chris Godwin could, like, maybe return things to normal just a little bit. A guy who's going to get open faster, can play in the slot outside, reliable, mm-hmm. smart. Um, gives them another weapon so Mahomes isn't in these types of situations well it's it's like Travis Kelsey's a, a security blanket and his route tree and play style is directed as such and Tyreek Hill is this big play speedster so 
you know, if you get safety help and a linebacker on Kelsey and you get your other safety and a corner on Tyreek Hill, for, you are forcing another Chiefs player to beat you. And Michael Hardman just isn't that right now. I think that um, they, if they do make a trade, then, then there's, there's not very many options available for them because no team in the AFC in the AFC right now is going. No contender is going to give them a good receiver, and no um, NFC team who's a contender is going to give the best, their most likely opposition in the Super Bowl. Admittedly, that's in question now, but the team who is supposed to be their most, most likely opposition in the Super Bowl, a, a great piece that puts them over the top. So, who do they have to trade with? I say. Give up maybe, you know, a second and a fifth, second and a fourth. Go get Brandon Ayuk. Oh, I was going to say Odell. That's actually reasonable. But I don't I just think, think that I just think that it's because they're both in it's within the same conference. And I think that that's a big, a big thing for uh, yeah, a Browns no, team that thinks they can compete. I like Ayuk, but I think the Niners are dumb for giving him up. Even if it's for a second and a fifth, they're stupid. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just think that I I, I, don't, I just think that they're aware that they have a lot of issues on this roster right now. The season's already off to a start worse than they thought, and perhaps it's too late. I mean, yeah. that that I don't think anyone knows, including them yet. So, yeah, I, I would say though that I think that's just for the Chiefs. That's one of the most realistic options. Yeah. Forget all the Carson Wentz or Carson Wentz, Carson Palmer playoff games and the good records of the mid 2010s. This Thursday is the biggest game. Okay, besides like the Super Bowl against the Steelers, but this is the biggest game in Arizona Cardinals franchise history. This is when we, the desert, get on the map beating Aaron Rodgers in prime time in the Red Sea. Mm. Bryce, give me your worst game of the week because, you know, mean. Worst game. Worst game. All right. So, I got to go Washington Broncos. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I mean. Interesting. Okay. I mean, Broncos' offense has been putrid this year so far. Mm. You haven't seen a lot from Teddy Bridgewater. You haven't seen a lot from that run game. And then Washington, it's the same thing. Both you on the defensive line, you have all first round picks, and they haven't been getting to the quarterback as much as you want. Use that offense. Heineke has been shaky a bunch of times. You still don't have that quarterback. You still don't have the receivers to get that offense rolling. I can see this one being a pretty low scoring game. Okay. All right. I respect that. Yeah. I think, um, I think I do disagree though. I mean, I think it's, I think it's, yes, a low scoring game. I agree with that, but I do disagree that it's the worst game of the week because there's only one thing that I really dislike more than watching really bad teams play. It's watching a really, really, really bad team, arguably the worst team in the league, play a really, really, Lions really people. good team, arguably the best Rams in the league. Team. Oh, it's oh, Rams Texans. That's a good because one. I mean, if I if if a game's over by halftime. That's a bad game to me. So yeah. I'm going to say Rams Texans is the worst game of the week because there's as much fun as as it is watching this Rams team right now. It's not going to be altogether that fun when they're putting up their 12th scoring drive for the first quarter. I'm just not thrilled with it, and I'm uh, I'm going to say Rams Texans. They're going to dunk all over them, and I'm going to be in bed by three. <laughs> 
do I get a best game of the week or do I have to give my worst? Yeah, Yustin didn't have to give a worst game. He didn't lose the bingo toss, whatever. But all right, that was my worst. Game. You know, <laughs> um, call me biased, but I think that the best game of the week is Tom Brady and Co. in town in New Orleans. That and was my best game of the week. Yeah. Here is why. Um, so the Saints are getting everyone back next Except week. Except for Will Lutz. I want that to uh, be on the record. Yes, but actually, I was <laughs> going to tell you, I was going to text you that your new kicker's corners, you got to put our new kicker on the map, okay? This kid is lights out. Two made field goals and an extra point. Peeled him off the street from Virginia Tech. Anyway, this is why I think it's the game of the week because I think um, I think that it's a great game. Okay, next kidding um okay i think uh the saints are as healthy as they've been all season they get david on yamada back from suspension marcus davenport's their best pass rusher and best player on the defensive line right now cam Jordan got his first sack peyton turner's back tano passanio's playing really well and i think that the pass rush is crucial against the tampa bay buccaneers they've never been able to rein in demario davis especially on blitzes pete werner and Quan alexander are both back and healthy and are playing the best linebackers right now opposite of davis and the front seven is going to be the key to beating the offense of the tampa bay buccaneers on our side of the offense i think that this is the toughest matchup they have a pretty crappy secondary right now and we have a pretty crappy receiving core we're going to get deontay harris back our speedster marquez callaway is going to have more opportunities traquan smith is going to have two two weeks now to shake off the rust adam troutman is going to practice holding on to the ball all week and alvin Kamara is going to do his alvin Kamara thing i don't have a game prediction but i think it's going to be close tom brady and company in new orleans for the game of the week i actually one love that and two also have to add on that the Saints thoroughly outcoached the Bucks twice last season. Yes. And I think that that's going to be a factor. Correct. Weapons on the sidelines. Steven, take us away. I couldn't believe you were talking that fast. And then I, like, assumed that you did, like, some helium. Without but... taking a breath. Yeah, but I, I, like, saw you, and there was no helium involved, so that was pretty impressive, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. If you get a chance and get around to it, Two new podcasts under the TSW umbrella, mainly basketball with Carter Bruce and Pinstripe Pals with Ian and Christian. They're both going to do well. Uh, they'll be on here soon. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and we'll talk to you on Sunday night.